Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast number 157. I'm your host for this episode, Andrew Gamba, and I'm joined by Callum Scott to preview the new season ahead. Callum, how you doing? Delighted to be here, Andrew. Uh, obviously, last podcast I was on, would have been the last one, but it was a couple of weeks ago, so delighted to get things up and running and buzzing for the season to start. I uh, buzzing, buzzing to be joined also by Tom McKinnon. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, a wee bit tired, but nice to be back on the podcast for the first time officially in ages it's been. I think I'm in, I think I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, there, was a, there was a botched episode we will exclusively yeah. reveal that we were on. Uh, but yeah, I think this is my first podcast, maybe since the cup final. But yeah, um, anyway, that was last season. We are looking ahead to this season. Um, we're gonna we're gonna just do a wee bit of a a wee bit. This is probably this podcast is probably gonna end up about three hours long. Uh, we're gonna do a preview of the Premiership just now, and we're gonna take a look at uh, the top of the league, lads. Um, who do we see winning it this year? Because we've got all the all the predictions from all the boys in the bus ball and. It looks like the consensus from a lot of people is it's Celtic's league again this year, Callum. Yeah, uh, I don't think even the most positive of Rangers fan uh, can come out and say that they think that they'll have enough to win the league and for that matter at Aberdeen as well. Um, I think that Celtic are just they're, too, they're far too strong and I think they've added quality to the squad as well. Um, Obviously, we'll come on. We'll maybe touch on the Rosenberg game, but obviously that was a kind of that wasn't the best result for Celtic. However, the way they've conducted themselves in other pre-season matches and other European match, they were fantastic. So they've they've just added real quality, and they've they've took Aberdeen's arguably Aberdeen's best player off them as well. Obviously, we'll come on to Aberdeen, who have recruited well. However, I mean they've weakened their opposition and strengthened their own position. So. I really can't see past Celtic. I think they'll be far the strongest team in the league and I think they'll win it comfortably again. Now, probably by the time that this podcast comes out, you will know the result of the Rosenberg game, but Tom, do you think uh, if Celtic fail to get past uh, the Norwegian champions, it could derail their title defence this year? See, I don't think so. Um, I think they should they should get past Rosenberg. I think they made a total mess of it at Celtic Park, but... They can only blame so much of that on Rodgers and the players when they've not really when they've not got a striker. But Griffiths is back, so they should be alright for Rosenberg. But um, I don't think playing in the Champions League affects your season nearly as much as playing the Europa League does, because mm-hmm. you're not changing around fixtures as much. So I think regardless of Celtic get it, get into the group stages or past Rosenberg, uh, they should still romp the league. Maybe not quite as much as last season, because I think Rangers have definitely improved. But. They should still. It's, it's theirs, definitely. I'd say. No, I mean, obviously, I could talk for Celtic for for ages, but um, last season is one of them, one of the greatest seasons in in the club's history. Um, do you think how? I suppose one of the questions, boys, for this season upcoming is how long do you think they can actually go unbeaten? Because surely they can't. They can't do another at least league season unbeaten. Can they? It's just. It's it's not possible. Well, surely. Well, for me, uh, the unbeaten run will of course stop on Tuesday when mm-hmm. we knock out the the league cup. Uh, but no, in all in all seriousness, I I just they can't do it for two seasons in a row. I mean, surely they can't do it. I think that their closest rivals will be Aberdeen. So I think if anyone is more likely to take points off them, it will be Aberdeen, and especially Petodre. 
However, with Hibs coming back up as well, it should be interesting with Lennon. He'll want to get one, one back in his old team and um, have a point to prove. So I, 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 don't, I don't see Celtic going unbeaten again, but they'll maybe be unbeaten for the first month or two before, um, before someone steps up. Do you want to do you want to move on and talk about this kind of? I mean, there was a kind of race for second last season. Do you want to go on to talk about this, guys? Because there seems to be quite a mixture within the group of who we think is going to end up um, second. I'll just I'll, I'll throw people I'll throw people under the bus. Um, myself, Johnny, yourself, Callum Scott, uh, and Ryan, and uh, yeah, that's that's it so far. Oh, and uh, and Lewis, they all think Aberdeen are going to finish second this season. Hamish, Callum Fisher. Tom McKinnon and Connor Park all believe that Rangers are going to finish second. Lads, well, I'll start with you, Tom. Uh, justify your decision for Rangers to finish second. Um, I just touched on it there just a wee bit there, but I think if Aberdeen get the group stages into the group stages of Europa League, which I think they're more than well positioned to do, um, I can see that. I can see them finishing fourth if that happens. I just think that'll be such a massive emphasis on their season. Um, and I think Rangers, for all they've signed a lot of unknown players, I think they have definitely strengthened. Got similar to what uh, Dungeon United have done, they've seen what positions they needed from last season and they've gone out and got them. Um, and I think the signing of Ryan Jacks and the master stroke weakening uh, Aberdeen and it strengthening Rangers so much. I think that he'll be massive next season, I think. Callum, do you think Aberdeen have been weakened that much? Because it, the recruitment has been has been very good. I know a lot of people on the podcast are raving about the signing of Carrie Arneson or the re-signing <laughs> of Carrie Arneson. Yeah, no, um, I think that Aberdeen, there was doubts. There was a period for a week or two where I seriously thought Pedro Cachinha might be right when he said that the demise of Aberdeen was happening and I think he said that in April um, because it looked like, well, they'd already conceded to losing Johnny Hayes, Ryan Jack, Niall McGinn, and well, obviously Ash Taylor, questionable, but I mean he was a he was a big figure in the centre of the defence. So, so they kind of lost the spine of their team as well as a lot of their flair players. Um, and it also looked like Derek McInnes was going to head down and take the Sunderland job. However, once Derek McInnes done a U-turn and that, come, went down and spoke to Sunderland, decided Aberdeen was the best place for him. Aberdeen just went to strength from strength to strength and signed some really really good good signings for me I think Gary Mackay Stephen is a good replacement however I think it should be pointed out as well and obviously Tom will know more about this than me but I'm right even saying obviously he was a big player for the D United but he was very inconsistent there were some weeks he was still on the bench obviously Stuart Armstrong was the, yeah. the, the biggest loss but Tom will know more about that than me if Tom wants to come in there yeah Mackay Stephen particularly the last six months before he signed the he signed a pre-contract and then eventually signed the same window at Celtic and um, was poor. He really didn't merit, on the, on the back of those six months, didn't merit the, the move up. But um, he's definitely, there's a player in there and the first 18 months he was at, uh, the first 12 months he was at Tannis, he was um, brilliant. One of the best players I've ever seen play for United. But um, he's just so, he is just so inconsistent. I mean, the thing I would say about Mackay Stephen is certainly from I, I can talk more from his time at Celtic, but uh, the the January when he when he joined um, up until the end of that season, he was one of Celtic's best players that year. Um, for the short amount of time he he, he was there, um, and he he looked like, especially in the game against Inter Milan, he he, he did look the, like that. 
uh, the Europa League, I would say, was certainly his level. So, you know, if Aberdeen are wanting to get to the Europa League, I, I don't think it's a bad sign. And obviously, he did score against the team from uh, from Herzegovina, didn't he? So, that, that's 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 a really interesting sign for me. And um, Christy back on loan. I mean, he's been doing so well in Europe for them so far. Um, do you think she'll have to regret letting him go, considering how well he's been playing so far? I, I wouldn't say so. I think that. Realistically, Christie was never going to. There's no doubt he's got the quality and he's a great player at this level. And I, I think he can step up. Obviously, he's proven that with, with how well he played with Aberdeen in Europe, as you just touched upon there. But I don't think he was ever really got to get a chance at Celtic. It was the exact same kind of signing as, as Scott Allen almost. You, you just knew that he wouldn't, he wouldn't get his opportunity to kind of showcase his talents in the first team uh, so Aberdeen's an excellent move for him and I think that he will he'll score goals he'll create goals seeing that he's passing uh, in the last round it's phenomenal but the big signing for me is Greg Stewart who I think is, is an outstanding signing scored, scored goals for fun for Dundee can play up front can play out wide either side he can play left or right he can play behind the striker so he's very versatile um, but I, I think that's the the marquee signing for me, I think, I think that's an excellent bit of business. I suppose we should kind of, um, in terms of them finishing second, Tom, is, well, one of these teams finishing second, we, we all have kind of yeah. agreed that it's probably going to be Aberdeen or Rangers this season. Dorans and Alves, these are the two kind of major ones that everyone's kind of looking at in terms of signings for Rangers. But there's also Ryan Jack as well, we've talked about that. Yeah. Who do you think out of who, who do you think out of those is probably going to bring the most to the team if they are going to get second? I think probably Ryan Jack. They were really missing someone like him last season. The amount of times he was just caught with too many players at the park or players playing in that position that don't play there. Uh, his uh, his ability to do that role because you see that at Aberdeen just keep things simple, win the ball back, and give it to the better players because there are good players there at Rangers. But um, one of the players that they signed that I haven't touched on there was Cardoso mm-hmm. in the half. Mm-hmm. I think he, he could be brilliant. He's come very highly recommended from Portugal. And to get him for the fee that they did, I think um, he could uh, potentially prove to be an absolute bargain. And look at the likes of Carlos Queller that they sold for, was it near enough, £8 mm-hmm. million. Yeah. Could be looking at something similar for that, for him in a couple of years' time. Interestingly enough, um, I was just on holiday in Portugal and... Uh, I was talking to a lot of people over there about football and obviously because there's quite a large Portuguese contingent now at Rangers they were quite interested in Rangers and they were saying that Cardo- the, uh, this Cardozo guy he, they, they appeared to rate him higher than, than Alves which I found really interesting there wasn't a lot of people out there that were big fans of Bruno Alves but they were saying some of the other signings you know you know, good football or good technical ability can read a game very well and things like that where they were saying just Bruno Alves might just end up kicking people which they would then preface by saying well which they would then sorry add on to the end saying maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing for Scottish football but it seems quite interesting that certainly from people I've spoken to over there they seem more interested than all the other signings and Cardozo appears to be one of them yeah yeah, well, he was so- oh, sorry. Oh, hey, cheers, mate. Uh, well, you and I were talking before we came on, Gamba, about that because I was quite surprised to hear feel that about Alves. But remember, I was telling you that I seen I seen something on Twitter and Alves had the second. It, it was second in the list of the most accurate uh, long balls, well, long passes in Serie A last year, or well, Calcio. 
Um, so I think that tells you that the guy can play um, and it gives Rangers something different as well because under Warburton they were too, too committed to playing it out for the back without really getting anywhere and you can play long balls without it being lumps up the park you can mm-hmm. play good long passes so I think that that's a, a good bit of business for Rangers and you can't knock his experience in the game but I think that I, I might even change my second place pending if Rangers sign Jimmy Walker or not because mm. I think that if he moves there then that is that, that's an excellent sign I said that for the start before um, but before they signed all these players that like Jimmy Walker should have been right in the top of their list but I think with Cathro moving on now that that's not good for Rangers because a new manager surely wouldn't want to sell a player without without getting a, a look at him. So I think that that, uh, that sacking of Castles came at the wrong time for Rangers, to be honest, in regards to a, a deal for Jamie Walker. I think this is an excellent point, guys, to kind of to kind of move on that uh, and kind of talk about the rest of the top six because for a lot of people, Hart that's certainly a position that Hearts should be occupying. Callum, do you want to go through who your fourth to six are? Uh, my 46 did you say oh uh-huh, yes yep yeah. uh, mine's are Hibernian in 4th Kilmarnock in 5th and St Johnson in 6th obviously I'm backing Kilmarnock out of my my own loyalty uh, we'll probably end up finishing 8th or ninth or something <laughs> but I just well to be honest I would take that I would just take staying in the division in Bolden for a couple of years but um, I think Hibs will be it's great to have them back in the league you've seen that with the season ticket sales atmosphere at Easter Road quality player they've just signed Stokes I'm really excited to see them next season and how they get on looking forward to going back to Easter Road obviously among Club Kilmarnock I think we've signed some some very good players uh, much needed experience as well as giving a couple of younger guys um, obviously through our own youth development but guys to prove a point like uh, Dom Thomas Daniel Higgins and uh, Lee Erwin as well so I think that we should be pretty exciting next year certainly going forward but as well as the experience of guys like Kurt Broadfoot, Gordon Greer and uh, hopefully Cammy Bell uh, but Tom will maybe want to talk about that more later on and then uh, in sixth sixth place I've got St Johnson I was going to because I had a feeling St Johnson would fall away this season but we say that every year don't we Mm. so I've decided to give them a place in the top six however I have a feeling that they could fall away but I just don't want to I just don't want to have egg in my face coming into the season, so I've backed them for top six. Now, interestingly, there's a lack of hearts in your top six. Tom, there's not a lack of hearts in your top six. Uh, you, you've you got uh, Celtic Rangers and Aberdeen, and then you have... Fill us in, please. I, yeah, I've got St Johnson in fourth. <laughs> they've lost Swanson, but they've strengthened by signing Scoogle and uh, O'Halloran. I think they're two brilliant signings. So they'll more than cover what Swanson lost, eh, left, because... Ross Swanson was a great player. He did struggle in the last, last the second half of the season, with the exception of probably the last month. Um, and I've got Hearts, which this is quite annoying because I really did think Cathro would come good. Um, he's one of the best, most experienced coaches this country's got, and Hearts have absolutely just I've been really poor at Cathro because he's only just had this preseason to do it, and obviously he's not done well enough in the League Cup, but he just. Simply, it's just not been good enough from Hearts. Um, for all it pains me to say, I think that's Levine's fault. Because <laughs> um, obviously he's a hero of mine, but uh, that's it's just not good enough from Hearts. Because this is someone that could, could easily be Scotland's next manager. 
if we'd given him a proper chance. And it could have not worked out, but I think giving him time, the players he'd signed, give him a bit of time to see. Because you've seen that, I went to see Motherwell in the League Cup and they looked awful against Edinburgh City. They still managed to pull through. But they wouldn't, if they'd lost that, would they have sacked Steve Robinson? Probably not. But just, I think a bit of patience would have gone a long way here because I, I really did do rate Ian Cathro. And then I've got Hibson sixth. I think they'll have just enough to get a top six. Like the same in Stokes, I would have probably preferred Louis Moult up there, but I suspect it'll be too big a fee for them at the moment. He's been on fire in the League Cup so far, Louis Moult, hasn't he? Uh, but yeah, no, um, Stokes, a very interesting one. Um, interestingly enough, Tom, you're one of very few people so far that actually has hearts above Hibs in terms of your predictions this year. Which is which is quite interesting. Um, yourself, Johnny Clark, Callum Fisher, uh, yeah, and that's it out of the boys that have gotten their predictions in at the moment. Um, everyone else sees Hibs finishing certainly ahead of Hearts and d- towards the top and in, in, in the top half of the table, which is quite which is quite interesting. Um, do you think that's do you think that's a sign of maybe how good the quality is in the Championship, or do you think this is just a, how good Hibs were last season? And have been in the cups recently. Uh, I think they're more than capable of making an impact in the Premiership. I just, I just don't think a team that's going to be relying on Stokes and who didn't score a lot of goals when he was here mm-hmm. last at Hibs, yeah. <laughs> and Sam and and Sam Murray, who isn't prolific by any means, despite the Betfred Cup masquerading his, his stats, and um, he got seven goals or something, uh, maybe more, and. Um, I just don't think a team that will rely on those two to get their goals will quite get top four. Interesting, Callum. What's your kind of what's your take on it? Because you do have you you do have Hibs uh, second and fourth, as I do. What's your kind of what's your kind of proper rationale? Do you think do you think the fact that Catherine's gone and John Daly might be there for a wee while is the reason why? Well, you don't have Hearts in your in your top six, or is it other reasons for that? Well, to Tom made some very good points there about the Hibs strike force, even though I do think that Stokes will score goals now, because I think uh, beforehand, uh, when he played the last time, <coughs> he was maybe shifted out to the left quite a lot, and kind of Cummins was a, was a focal point in the team, but I know in the cup final, I think the two of them played up front together. Um, but on that, I'm with Tom as well, that I was hoping that Cathro would stay because I believed that he could get it right at Hearts. However, I thought that Hearts would be slow starters this season anyway, um, but I thought something would maybe click for them in about October time to kind of push them on. So that's mainly the reason I've got for Hibs finishing above them. I just I can't see an inconsistent team under Neil Lennon, to be honest. Uh, I think that Lennon, the experience he's got in the game and whose record speaks for itself. I think that Hibs very much will be consistent this season, especially at home, uh, with the with the fans behind them and that. But I, I can't say the same for Hearts. I think that even though I backed Cathal to get it right, I could still see Hearts slipping up to teams like, say, Hamilton out of the blue, whereas I can't really see Hibs doing that, uh, despite the former term Hibs that <laughs> was kind of part of the Scottish football for years. But... That's my main reasons, and I'm just—I don't know if it's just a bias as well, because I've got a soft spot for Hibs, um, the way they play football, and 
I think uh, that Easter Road and all that. So I, I don't know if that's maybe my rationale for it, which obviously isn't very rational at all. But mm. it's mainly just I think Hibs have added some right good quality to their, their side this season. But that's not to say Hearts haven't as well, because the signings of Berra and Lafferty are great bits of business. I think we should. We should, I think we should talk about St Johnson because we all have them, certainly us here, we all have them in the top six again. Not not everyone having them uh, fourth like Tom does, but um, I mean, it's it's just so difficult to see them fall away, I think. Like, it's just, it's just so hard to, like, every year we kind of go, this, this, has to, this has to stop at some point. But I mean... Even even with them going out of Europe in the first round this year, um, you still don't look at them and go, ah, well, I mean, that's that's a clear indication that they're for the drop this year. Like, there's just you you still think with St. Johnson there's going to be a solid resoluteness about them, and they will they will get a good they will get a a good uh, position in the table, in the final position in the table. I'm struggling for words here, boys. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I agree um, to an extent. I think that. St Johnson, they've earned their right. I mean, I think every every week in the podcast, certain members kept saying they've gone under the radar, but I don't think they have. I think that was a fair argument a couple of years ago, but St Johnson have well earned their right to be classed as a top six team now in Scotland. Um, they're very consistent um, and they can score goals, they're hard to beat, they're very disciplined. They've got a lot going for them, but I just, I just think that I'm a big believer that football goes in cycles uh, and <laughs> to get off philosophical and that but I think that I, I just no, no, yeah. I can't see them sorry on you go <laughs> no, no absolutely I, I think it definitely is something that you do see um, I mean certainly the, the the example I always think of is the Stuart McCall Motherwell team you know how yeah, yeah. how good they were how consistent they were it's you know it's such a shame that they never actually won a trophy in that time because there is no uh-huh. kind of there is no kind of moment of that kind of cycle where you go, I well, that's when that Motherwell team were, you know, excellent. Maybe their maybe their Champions League game against Panathinaikos is maybe the moment where you go, I that was their kind of real, real shining moment. But no, I mean St Johnson in this kind of, I mean certainly since they got promoted, I mean it was it, it must be less than a decade ago that they got promoted. You know, they've, yeah, they've, you know, they've, they've won the Scottish Cup uh, in that yeah. time. And yeah, I think it was two thousand and nine they get promoted, um, and I think that. Their first season, uh, they they stayed up, but I think they were kind of they, they could like they were in the mix for relegation up until a certain point. Like I think they ended up, I'm totally guessing here, but I think they maybe finished eighth in their first series season, and then they built on that, and then for then on they've not really looked back. I think their top six record's phenomenal. I think they've been in the top six every season since 2011, which is unbelievable, really. Mm. Um, and when you consider on that time. McInnes laid the foundations but McInnes left and it was guys like Steve Lomas who, who really kicked him on uh, and they had, had a great partnership up front with uh, Sandaza and Sheridan and then obviously Tommy Wright getting the job has, has carried that on um, so it's just it's, there's no logical reason why St Johnson would fall away because as Tom says they've 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 done well with their signings as well. They've lost Swanson, but they've had quality in other areas. But there's just something that, that tells me that they can't keep it up forever. But there's no uh, there's no logic to suggest that they went far away. Tom, kind of, as have we said what we need to say about St. Johnson, good signings, good manager, 
good pedigree. Yeah, yeah, good signings, and there's more to come. I think Tommy Wright still wants another striker, so that could be Salmon. Uh, so that's been another great signing. I think he'd be back um, at Elby Park. I think that he'll be back at Kilmarnock yeah. just on that. Yeah, but no, I agree with you, they're still to get another striker yeah. in, so they will add quality. Yeah. Very poised. I think we should. I think we should move on and have a look at the top half of the bottom half. Uh, certainly, from my point of view, I can see Hearts, Dundee, and Ross County going uh, seventh, seventh to ninth. Uh, Callum, who can you see occupying the the top half of the bottom half? Uh, I've went for Hearts in seventh, Motherwell in eighth, and Partick Thistle in ninth. I think that. I mean, we've already spoke about Hearts, so there's no point in mm. <laughs> in continuing that. So, so, so if they know, so I've got Hearts in the, the bottom six. Um, I think that Motherwell, I've signed a few good players, but I still, I don't rate Robinson as our manager, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's, I, ju- I just think it was, I, I didn't like the way he was appointed either. He was brought he was brought up about two weeks before McGee was sacked to, to help out and then ended up getting the job in the back of it. Um in, there was questions over whether he could have got players to sign for him but I think he's done well obviously the, the boy that was at Newcastle who was on going to Rangers a good bit of business and, and they signed um, Fisher from Inverness uh, who started to score goals in the kind of latter part of the, the the previous season so I think that's a good bit of business and I think Partick Thistle were very good last year but the leagues went stronger Partick have done well to, to sign Keon in a permanent uh, permanent deal but I think that they'll be pretty inconsistent obviously they've lost Liam Lindsay um, yeah, yeah. and I think there's a couple other players that, that, that are linked to moves away but you never know I mean I like Partick to us so I like the way they play football so it just depends I mean it, it's more just by a process of elimination how I've ended up with a lot of these teams here to compensate for my wacky prediction that Kilmarnock will finish fifth. I had, <laughs> uh, I wasn't trying to shoehorn my team into the top half, but uh, I, I had that with part of this as well. I thought them quite low down, and I had this thing where I was like, "Well, I don't actually think they're a bad team." It was just I thought that a lot of other teams about them have maybe recruited better than them, or you know, mm. maybe I think have a, a, a decent manager. But that's not to, that's not to say Alan Archibald isn't a decent manager. As previous podcasts have said, uh, I, I do love the man, but. Uh, Tom, <laughs> let's let's hear from you. What's your top half of the bottom half? I've got Dundee in seventh. I think their summer business has been great. Mm-hmm. Scott Allen alone looks looks really good because you can play in all all the positions in Dundee's midfield. Mm-hmm. You can play in the holding two alongside Kamara, who another another brilliant signing from Arsenal. He looks looks brilliant against us. And seen him a couple of times in the Betfred Cup. He looks really good. Uh, and obviously Scotland can play in behind the striker I think that's maybe where they're short at the moment Dundee I think they could do with a, a real goal scorer because Musa's good but I'd be surprised if he scores any more than six or seven goals this season and then you've got Elbat too who doesn't look much cop and then you've got uh, and the signing of um, Rory Deacon that looks brilliant he absolutely tore Tam Scooby to shreds on, Saturday, on Sunday and it, I just don't understand how uh, Premiership fullbacks will be able to cope with him. He just looks light, lightning speed. Now, obviously, Scott Allen was really, really hot property a few years ago, and it, it's quite interesting. I think I think Scott Allen's going to be a really good signing for Dundee, but it, there there appears to be no middle ground when it comes to a signing. Everyone either thinks he's going to be absolutely fantastic and he's going to be able to do the job in the Premiership and he'll be great, or people think he's just going to be 
a flop and he's not going to be able to cut it. Um, Kelly Cal, what do you think? How do you think he'll get on at Dundee? Because you don't have him in your top half and bottom half, as I'm continuously saying here. No, I, I don't. Um, but I totally agree with Tom again. I think the recruitment's been, been pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of these somewhat apathic thistle that has just been a process of elimination because I think that and, and I, I like the look of that, that guy Musa. I know he was I know he was scoring goals against part time opposition and that and he didn't get he didn't really get any service against uh, United on Sunday there, but I think that he could score goals. But the main signing is Scott Allen, who I think is, is absolutely I think that's a great bit of business. Um one of the best signings of the, the summer for me actually. I think one of the things about Dundee last season and well to be fair every single season for me is that when they're on form they're brilliant but when they're not they, they can't they can't grind out results I think having somebody like Scott Allen who's capable of winning a game with one pass has got to go really far for them this season because <coughs> they have missed that in the middle of the park it's been a lot more gritty in the middle of the park with guys like Mark O'Hara and that kind of call, uh, playing those roles so if they get Scott Allen on the ball, he's a guy that, as I say, can can win a match or grab a point in the process of one pass. So I think it, it's just a real quality signing for them. Um, and again, it's, <laughs> it's it's made me question why I've got them sitting in tenth place. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should we we probably should uh, we probably should move on and have a look at the kind of bottom the kind of our kind of predictions for the bottom uh, three who we think is going to survive by the skin of their teeth go into the playoff and get relegated uh, I will, I'll, I'll say this right now Hamish Carton Andrew Gamba Jonathan Clark, Callum Fisher Callum Scott Ryan Crombie Tom McKinnon Connor Park and Lewis Kemp all have Hamilton Academicals getting relegated this season um, every single member of the podcast think that Hamilton are going straight down not even finishing in the bottom two everyone thinks they're going to go straight down um, do we do we just not learn? <laughs> I know it's it's with the same. It's almost the same argument with St Johnston and that you keep thinking ah they'll fall away this year and they never do. Um, <laughs> but purely down to other teams' recruitments, it, th- that's what swung it for me. I know Hamilton recently they've just signed a couple of players. Obviously they extended the contract to David Templeton, mm-hmm. who I think when he plays will be terrific. And they obviously signed the I can't I can't recall the guy's name, but they signed somebody for money, which is obviously a big positive for the game. First time in years, but, I believe it was. It was, it was yeah, quite, quite a long it, time. Yeah, it would have been. So it was. That's a positive for them. But I just think that every single team in the league have recruited better. Like. Every single team, except from, I think they're about on par with Ross County in regards to recruitment, because uh, I don't think County have really impressed me much in the transfer business, and that's why I've got both them occupying the bottom two places in the league. Tom, you've got Ross County down near the bottom as well, and as, as obviously we all have Hamilton getting relegated. Um, do you think that their kind of kind of lack of recruitment or things like that is is gonna is gonna play a part in that? Yeah, I think when you lose someone like Boyce, he's really yeah. Into- looking hard for a goal scorer and I don't think Thomas Mickelson is that he, he's an alright footballer can hold the ball up relatively well he'll score you some goals but you'll get nowhere near Liam Boyce and Billy Mackay is one of the most overrated footballers how he keeps <laughs> getting a job in Scotland is unbelievable I mean he had an excellent season I'm going to say what was it 2012-13 I think he was absolutely yeah. fantastic I remember I remember him yeah. 
scoring a really great like poacher's goal at Parkhead. Uh, I believe Cali Thistle beat Celtic that day. Um, I just remember thinking like, I you know, this guy he's, he's got it. And clearly, there's quite a few people that still have that kind of mindset from back then because he's he, yeah. <laughs> he's he's still kicking about in the top flight. Well, seeing as earlier on I was talking about logistics, I think that all logic suggests that Ross County will finish bottom of the league because Billy Mackay's last two clubs have automatically been relegated whilst he was on loan there. So, obviously Inverness last season and, sorry to say, but Dundee United as well for Tom. Yeah. Excuse me, I just forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) For all the problems we had that season at United... um, there was and there was a lot of them. Uh, a part of it was the fact he just missed. He did score some goals, I'll give him that, but he missed a lot of chances. Mm. Um, and I've got Motherwell occupying the playoff spot. Tom, you do as well. Now this isn't this isn't part of my rationale. I, I it's just if if they lose if they there has been a lot of chat about Louis Moult this summer, and he's been he's been doing excellent for them in the League Cup. Obviously, I mean uh, the burst ball. Twitter account is basically just posting videos of him scoring free kicks. God, God knows how often. If if he goes, they're in trouble. If he stays, I think they might get out of trouble. But I don't think they're they're necessarily safe if he were to if he were to stay. But I think he's a big part in in uh, Motherwell's uh, fate this season. Yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them live at the at Edinburgh City. And I've seen the the hopes of the uh, Queens Park game that's on the telly. Mm-hmm. They don't look the same without him. I think that that goes for Chris Cannon as well. The two players that are both mm. like with moves away, but they're fairly solid. But the I don't know, I, they just won't score goals. I don't think without without Mo and then Cannon as well. And I could I could see both going. I don't see both staying. I think at least one of them will go. But I think it's sort of par, partially dependent on Walker going to Rangers. Mm-hmm. That could give Hearts the money for Chris Cannon. Yeah, because obviously they've been in for him. But I think they'll really struggle if, uh, but I th- if Moult goes. But I really think can if he stays, this will be his breakthrough season, and you could see him at a Celtic or a Rangers next season if he breaks through this season. We have we have kind of unless you want to jump in there, Callum Scott. Um, well, in in regards to Cadden, I agree with Tom. I think that. It was last season. Uh, we we played Motherwell first game of the season, and Cadden was absolutely terrific. It was a player for me that stood out. He had everything. He played on the right hand side that day, um, but I know he can obviously occupy the middle of the park as well. But I think out wide he's he's terrific because he can come inside. He can hit the byline. He's strong. He's got good delivery, and he's an engine. We've got him down all day. So I, th- I think he's a a very good signing in in regards to Louis Moult. Everything this podcast speaks highly of him. Um, obviously he's been on the podcast as well Friend of the show <laughs> Yeah of course of course scores, He scores goals for fun And you've seen that last season And I think if Motherwell can hang on to him um, It's it's a signing in itself um, As I spoke about earlier In regards to I could potentially switch my uh, Have Rangers finishing second Pending if they sign Jamie Walker if Motherwell sell Roy Malt, uh, I would be inclined to, to change my prediction and have them further down the table because I think that he is really key in uh, keep Motherwell in the division as well as uh, make them have a push for top six. Right, so I think that's us kind of covered the Premiership. 
Do, do we want yes. to move on to the championship now? Because there is there is another Motherwell player who has left uh, a striker and he's ended up at Dundee United, Tom. Is Scott McDonald being at Dundee United one of the reasons you think they're going to win the championship this season? It's a big reason, yeah. Uh, the bigger reason is the, through the, the recruitment of the, as a whole. I think it's been spot on from uh, McKinnon and Darren Taylor, who's the new head of recruitment. I, it's been brilliant. They've obviously seen what we needed from last season. We needed goals. And we've, we've obviously lost sight of Murray, who got quite a lot of those goals, and Tony Andrew, who, and obviously Mickelson, but the three of them were quite poor in large spells at the end of the season. Um, and you're thinking the likes of Keatons and McDonald, McMullen, King, will uh, more than make up for those goals lost. Um, the left side of the defence was a problem a lot of the time between who do we have, Dixon, Robson. Neither really stood out when they were in a lot of time making mistakes as well. And Tam Scobie looks good apart from the game against Deakin, but he's not going to face a lot of players like Deakin in his career, let alone in the Championship, I'd say. Um, and Jordy Beals looks a player already, and Sam Stanton gives us a bit of drive that we didn't quite have last season at times. And it takes the pressure off like a Flood, who's coming to the end of his career, and Scott Allardyce, who's, coming to, who's just starting, who maybe isn't quite ready yet. And probably the same for Scott Fraser as well. Maybe relied on him too much, too quickly. He's still only 21 and he's he's quite frail, so he's not the sort of player that you could expect to play 50 games. And like when you bring in someone like Stanton, who knows the division, McMullen, who looks absolutely incredible, I think could be the signing of the season for the whole of Scotland, looks just untouchable at times. And Billy King, who, when he played for Hearts in the league, was... Uh, a lot of time coming off the bench, but still had a really good record. Him and McMullen switching wings and something we missed last season and actually the last two seasons we've not had proper wingers. It was, it's really it's just really exciting for the first time. Like, last season wasn't too exciting to this this season. That that front line we we could potentially have of McDonald, Keatings, McMullen, and King is just frightening to be honest with you. It's it's actually quite heartening to hear you speak. Highly of Dundee United, Tom, because it, it, last season it, it it really was it was, you really were not talking in very um, glowing terms about them, shall we say? Um, yeah. Do you think Do yeah. you think that part of that is down to how close you got last season, even though it was so bad in your in your eyes? Yeah. Yeah, because we we were sort of we knew we were going to get the playoffs probably from February. Going into the new year, it looked like we could probably take the league, and then there was the three 0 drop in at Easter Road. Um, but since then, you, there was always problems. There was never really one game where you're like, "All right, that's that's a good strong performance." There's no real weaknesses. We either looked from probably about March, we start to look really tired in games, and that that was the fact that we had a very aging and a small squad. The likes of Van der Stroik, Van der Velden, we never got anything out of them in the coming last month of the season with Van der Velden moving on as well. Forcing players like Flood playing 50 games, Murdoch and Toshney playing through injury, Cammy Bell playing through injury as well. Um, it was not a great place to be last season and then the playoffs happened and just for all we got through, I'd say. Uh, to, to the final um, I never really felt like we, we were going to get past Hamilton and then the first the, first, uh, the, the home leg 
at Tannadice was relatively even. They looked a lot sharper than us, and Watu Kwatu just gave up. Don't know what happened. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> oh no, God. Uh, and then the second leg, we were just dead on our feet. The likes of Flood, Dixon, Murray, Mickelson, Tony Andrew, who Tony Andrew had never turned up in the playoffs. Um, just they were just gone. There was nothing left in the tank, and you can't really blame them because these are players that shouldn't be playing nearly as many games as they did. And that was a big part of last season. It was the same, the same team, the same sort of attitude to the games, where they was just keep the ball, keep the ball. It was tiresome at times, and then you could see the players just. I don't think they felt they could do it in the end. But a new a new dawn, a new era, and quite a few people on the podcast yeah. are quite optimistic. And there appears to be a split. However, a lot of people, nobody on the podcast today, thinks that Falkirk are, are going to win the league. But Connor Park, relatively unsurprisingly, uh, Callum Fisher and Hamish all think that Falkirk are going to win the league this year. Um, I've gone for St Mirren, and I'm really regretting that after the performance against Partick Thistle. But <laughs> um, I, Callum, you have you have Dundee United winning the league as well. Is that to do with the the recruitment and their showing last season as well? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, the polar opposite of uh, the Billy Mackay theory is the James Keaton theory, yes. in which if James <laughs> Keaton signed for a club to get promoted, we all know that having hearts and hubs. So, no, but in all seriousness, I think Dundee United, the recruitment has been brilliant, and I agree with you, it's great to hear Tom talk so positively <laughs> about them. No, uh, no, no, seriousness, I think it's good signing. I think that they've got quality all over the park, they've addressed certain areas, and um, we've spoke about Cammy Bell potentially coming back to Kilmarnock so he'll be a high earner so if, if he leaves um, that that could free up wages for, for more quality for United to bring in um, but no I, I think it's a great sign uh, no, I, th- I think they're in a great place but also we've seen with Rangers when Rangers got to the playoff final and get destroyed by Motherwell they weren't ready for it however the season after was just a hand in glove fit with Rangers it was a more enjoyable season for them. They played so much better football, obviously, to do with the management. I can see that a similar story with the United this season, and that last season was probably a step too far, and they maybe weren't ready to come up. Whereas I think this season you'll see them playing with a lot more freedom and and blowing teams away and and coming up comfortably for me. You mentioned Cammy Bell. Can we please talk about this? Right. What, yes. Why is he getting punted on Twitter? <laughs> is is this is this just is this just to say to come on? No, you're gonna have to pay money, or is is the relationship being so soured, or what? It, it seems bizarre to me. Well, my theory is obviously Tom will know more about the United side of it, and my, I'll know more about Kilmarnock side of it. But my theory is that I I I thought he would be announced as a Kilmarnock player this week. That's maybe looking slightly less likely. Now, however, me, me and Tom both spoke about before we came on air is that at the end of the day, Cammy Bell's preferred choice is Kilmarnock. That's where he wants to play his football. We cannot afford to pay money for him, so we, the, the, there'll be no fee involved. So we reckon it'll get to the stage that the United will concede that they can't cash in on him because at the end of the day, they've already signed two goalkeepers. He's a high earner. They can sign quality with the wages that... <laughs> that could be spare 
if he moves on. And come January, he can spot, uh, speak to teams for nothing anyway. So is there really any point in having an unhappy high earner sitting on the bench for the next six months? I don't think so. I think that he'll get a command-up player come the end of the window. What what I've been told is that his agent uh, told Bell that he could go to a club for a fee uh, and then the club that he went to told him he wasn't fit. I don't know. I, I don't know what the, who the club are, but they told him wasn't that he wasn't fit. And he did get that at times last season. He didn't look the most slender of keepers, and I don't think you've got to be. And but um, they obviously weren't happy with his fitness, and that United took that as right. We're going to get rid of him. We can get in Harry Lewis for nothing because I think the deal there is that if he plays, United don't pay any of his wages, and Southampton are happy with that because they do see him as a sort of a long term choice for them and you can see that he, you can see he's got the raw abilities to be a great keeper Harry Lewis he doesn't look great off his line but obviously he's only 19 he's not going to be the full package just yet but um, I know we got a lot of abuse for the announcing Kyle Bell on Twitter but I, I personally don't think we did anything wrong because the last two or three seasons the fans have been on at the board and the club for um, not telling the fans enough and now they start doing it. Obviously, it's not quite the United fans that were giving us all the stick, but there, there is a happy medium, and I, I can understand why, why it's very funny, but from a United point of view, I, I really don't mind it being announced. Ah, the President of the United States announces policies on Twitter all the time, so, I mean, you know, it's you might as well just get into the groove of it. Um, we'll kind of look at... We'll kind can of I, look, sorry, can I button in just ask uh, Tom uh, where... Do you think Cammy Bell will end up at Kamal or Jenk will go to another club? Or? It's difficult to see clubs at this stage need the keeper. The, the, club, the other club I keep thinking of is Hearts. Maybe that's maybe a step too high. I don't think it is, but uh, I, I could see. I, I would still say uh, killer favourites, but um, I just hope we don't play hardball. Because to be honest with you, you sort of just want them off the wages now. Because mm-hmm. we still we still are looking out for two more players. We want a big striker and. Uh, a centre half the centre half's more dependent on Cole Dawson leaving to be honest with you but um, yeah I just hope we don't play hardball for a fee because obviously the money would be great and we need it but at the end of the day we definitely do not need three keepers on the wage bill particularly one on as high a wage as Kyle Bell Mm -hmm. who won't be playing Mm Just to kind of move on, boys. um, The rest of the the playoff spots in the in the championship. there's a bit of variation here. The majority of people, apart from Callum Fisher and Lewis Kemp, all see St Mirren, at least unless you're me, uh, see them finishing in the, uh, in the in the playoff spot. Does does their, their result against Partick Thistle put any kind of doubts in anyone's mind? Everyone here has them finishing about fourth. And also, interestingly, I think everyone has them finishing above Morton. Um St Mirren this season can you see them replicating the form that got them out of the relegation fight last year or do you think that that'll maybe fall away as it kind of did under Alex Neil? Alex Neil, Alex Ray this happens to me all the time why does this happen to me all the time I, I want Alex Neil to be the manager of St Mirren I don't know why Alex Ray boys please help, well, help me get out of this rot <laughs> well I think that we've seen the I mean that run they went on last season I mean in the in the last half of the season under Jack Ross was absolutely phenomenal um, and I think they've recruited well again in the summer um, and I just think it's the 
it's just the right time for them now and I think that they've got the right man in place as we spoke about results improved under Alex Ray and then I don't what did, they didn't win their first what, nine games of the season or something like mm. that it was, it was ridiculous and <coughs> it was and Ian Murray was just a disaster from the start I think that Jack Ross is the right man there good club going in the right direction obviously their, their fan ownership things doing quite well just now uh, the uh, by the buds, I think it's called, um, and they've got a decent sign up for that and try and get fan representation on board. So I think it's a club going in the right direction, and they've got a young prestigious manager there who who will take them up the table. Whether they'll get promoted this season, I doubt it. But certainly the playoffs has got to be the target for them, and I think they'll achieve that. Interestingly, I think Lewis Kemp is the only person that sees Morton finishing um, top four. Sadie's not here to. To justify those choices, boys, why do you see Morton? I think I think all of us see Morton falling just short this season. Why do we think that is, lads? Is is it the recruitment of the other teams, or is it a case of Morton just not being able to replicate the fantastic season last year? It, it was similar to the um, Premiership. Five doesn't go into four for me. I think Morton will uh, it will be quite close, but um, I like the, the sign Robert Thompson could be great. I think he's a good striker. Uh, good, good football and education at uh, Dungeon United as well, so that'll stand him in good stead. <laughs> um, and McHugh's another good signing. Harkins less, I don't know how much he's got to offer, but he won't be on a lot and he's got the potential to win games for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it will just come down to five doesn't go into four, and I've really liked uh, Dunfermline. Uh, I hope Nicky Clark will stay fit because he could be on for 20, 25 goals. And obviously Falkirk know what know what they're doing. They've not weakened that much. Because um, Sybil's still without a club. So I don't know where that was to leave them. Because um, he, he got turned down by Luton last week. Maybe a club in the Premiership could look into trying to pay his development fee. But Yeah, I, th- I think that's the only thing that's putting people off is the development fee. I think it's yeah. something to be 200,000. And I can't see... I mean, as much as I highly rate him, and I think he could do a job for a top six club easy, I don't see, realistically, the only teams that could afford him would be, obviously, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, and Hearts, maybe, but I can't see any of them paying that for him, whereas I think it would be a great signing for a club like St. Johnson, where Blair Alston's obviously went there and and thrived in the top flight, but I just can't see them being able to afford 200k. But no, you make a good point, so I reckon he'll still be at Falkirk next season. Yeah, uh, he could be another one that depends on the Walker transfer. Yeah, that's a good good point as well. Would be the worst replacement. Um, uh, one of the teams, well, one of the teams, the only team relegated from uh, the Premiership last season, uh, Inverness. Um, how does everyone see them them getting on? A lot of people have them high up the table, but nobody has them uh, up near first or second. Um, how do we think John Robertson's going to get on? I mean, surely can't be as bad as his predecessor. Surely. Surely, um, I think that Robertson obviously he's done the business before getting mm-hmm. them promoted, uh, but I think I was as shocked as MD when it turned out that he was getting the job. I well, came right out of left field, and but I think that they've still they've not lost as many of their players as I thought they would from last season. You know they've still got the core of their squad there, which is massive. Um, because as we see, well, we've seen in the past when teams tend to get relegated, they 
they lose everyone that's worth it. I, I mean, they've only really lost. We're Billy Mackay, who was there alone anyway, um, who we all know will be in the Championship next season. <laughs> Come that, and, <laughs> uh, and also Fisher, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, they've kept to. Meekin. And Tansy, obviously, away, yeah. away at Aberdeen. But I mean, to keep what they like, say, Draper and that there, I think is. Uh, it's a very good signing, uh, and it's a very good, well, it is basically a signing itself, but keeping them. So, uh, because I think Ross County were trying to sign them, but uh, the uh, the the figure was putting them off. I think they're wanting six figures for them, and I don't think Ross County are not. Well, they probably are in a position to pay that. We all know that Roy McGregor mm-hmm. bank rules them, but I think that Inverness, I mean, I think they'll, I think they'll be okay. Uh, it'll maybe take them a a couple of weeks to acclimatise to being back down there but we all know kind of getting up there is a kind of daunting task in its own I mean the, the previously obviously no last season but they've always had a decent home record and I think that we'll see that in the Championship next year mm, We're getting that great Inverness yeah. Queen of the South fixture back which is just Oh Jesus uh, Yeah <laughs> I know God Sorry Tom Matt, I cut you off there Yeah I just hope they're not too good at home we begin our season on Saturday there We'll be making a trip up, but uh, uh, I think it'll be probably just a season of cons- uh, consolidation for them. Uh, I think they've probably got too much to go down, and probably too much to worry about going down at any point of the season. And I just don't think they've got enough. I think John Baird's a good signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think they've got quite enough to trouble that top four, top five. Mm. I mean, I think the lowest down we have them in our kind of prediction so far, Lewis has them, I know, down at seventh. Uh, but nobody, nobody has them that far down. Um, you kind of briefly touched on Dunfermline, Tom. You see them finishing, uh, well, third yeah. next season. Um, justify yourself. How 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 Nicky possibly Clark. can you see this, Nicky Clark? Yeah, he. I know he's injured. I'm not exactly sure how long he's out for. If if he can get fit quickly, and I don't think it's as serious as first thought despite being on crutches on Saturday, uh, if you can get a partnership with Denton and Manus, there's, there's goals there. And that's, mm-hmm. if you can, I could easily see them two getting 35, 40 goals between them. And if you've got 40 goals coming from those two, with likes of Joe Cardell chipping in with a, maybe 5 to 10, that's a, that's a big portion of goals. That's enough probably to see get into playoffs, I think. Because they've got three match winners there. And Callum Higginbotham on his day is really good as well, mm-hmm. but doesn't come often enough. That's that's a good front for it. I could easily see them being... I, I was tempted to put them second, but I think Falker probably just have too much for them. Interesting, interesting. Um, we will we'll kind of turn our attentions to who we think will, will occupy the bottom half of the table. Um, I mean, quite a few people do have... Uh, Livingston down in the bottom half of the table but nobody sees them being in much relegation trouble um, do you think that's mainly to do with like how, how good their kind of well, their, I suppose their attacking options last season was one of the main reasons that they, they ended up getting promoted wasn't it do you think that that'll yeah. think that'll translate well into the championship um, well obviously they've lost Buchanan mm-hmm. so that's a big loss but I, I think it's just another one that they'll probably have too much I, I think DeBarton and Beacon could really struggle I think every single person on the podcast has those two as the bottom two. I think Ryan's Ryan's the only one who has Dumbarton getting automatically relegated. Uh, everyone else has Brecon getting automatically relegated. Yeah. Just throwing everyone under the bus with these predictions. Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But yeah, well, so I mean, everyone kind of sees Brecon and Dumbarton getting real. I mean, Dumbarton have been in that division for quite a wee while now. Is this another kind of Hamilton Aki's element of us just not trusting yeah. teams? We, we never learn, really. Uh, they're, they're a similarly infuriating side. They're stale. <laughs> makes my blood boil. Well, for me, I've seen obviously Dumbarton and in Saturday there uh, obviously we beat them 3-0 but the first half I thought they were like, they, they were they were by far the better team in the first half we've been really slow starters this season to be fair um, but one thing I liked because I've always had them doing like obviously an organised team and that under uh, Steve Aitken and obviously in Durantia as well but I thought they passed the ball really well against us and I think I think that's a credit to, to the manager and I think it would be it would be good for him eventually for either Dumbarton to go full-time or for him to get a full-time job in order to kind of stamp his authority on that because there's, when, you're, when you're part-time you're a Dumbarton manager bottom line is if you stay in the championship you've done a very good job so it, it would be interesting to see uh, Steve Aitken in a full-time position in order to you'd maybe see the best of him but I think they've recruited well obviously Chris, Chris Johnson and that who's obviously a former commander player and Kyle Hutton etc have signed for them so We'll see how it goes on, but I think the Barton will stay up, but just comfortably. As you touched upon, was I mean they're the kind of team that every year you might be questioning them, but they end up doing more than enough to stay up, kind of comfortably sitting kind of seventh or eighth. So that's where I've placed them in my list. Right, I know we're kind of I know we're kind of getting pressed for time now, boys. So uh, our apologies to to some of the other teams in the division, especially Queen of the South. But I don't think anybody has Queen of the South doing that much next season do we everyone kind of sees a kind of solid mid-table middle ground yeah. finish, finish for them I think they're really the only ones we haven't touched on that much um, so can I sh- comment though that Neil Alexander for signing for uh, just Neil Alexander signing for Livingston's brilliant as well uh, I've seen them they played commander on a friendly and I thought uh, it was absolutely phenomenal some of the saves he was pulling off was was different class and I listened to him in Sports Sound the other week there was a good interview with him and yeah I think, I think that's a good sign because he's been back well he didn't start his career there but he played with Livingston uh, well many years ago now so it's good for him to get back and get something back to the game I'd just like to point that out <laughs> no, of course of course um, we should move on to, to League One and I think everyone really sees uh, the Two of the teams that got relegated last season coming, coming straight back up. Everyone has either Wraith Rovers or Ayr winning the league. Now there is a mixture in this, in this podcast of who we see winning League One next season. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you with uh, Wraith Rovers. You see them winning League One next season. Why is that? Well, I was really impressed with them against United in the League Cup. I think their front three looks really good. Probably too good for that division. Vaughan, Spence and Buchanan uh, that could easily be a championship that could easily be like a, a mid-table championship if not higher front line, I think you're going to get goals there, obviously Buchanan knows what he's doing and Vaughan looked really good last season in the second half last season at the Barton um, so that, that's the main reason I think although saying that, Air looked, Air looked really good in the League Cup as well, I thought I was really impressed with them against Kilmarnock open the day um, I just thought they looked fitter and hungrier, but I suppose uh, Cal will know more about that than me. No, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you, Tom. I, did, I was very impressed with them myself. Um, I've actually, for the Nakamala fan, I always actually give her a, a lot of credit. Uh, I think 
and the main thing is though it's just because we went full time I think bottom line if you're full time in League 1 you get promoted and I don't think that's going to be any different this season and you've seen that with the quality of the signings they've brought back obviously Michael Moffat has yeah. uh, come back and experienced guys like Chris Higgins and Craig Reid as well so I, I don't know I, I think, I think that I just see her comfortably, comfortably winning that league. I've I've said that I said that even before we played them. I just I knew they would win it. Declan McDade obviously signed him in the January. I've tipped him as one of my players to to shine this season, and he was terrific against us. And like I say, I think he'll be key to to United uh, romping that week. Um, earlier on we were kind of talking about kind of off air. We were kind of talking about um Air Jones now. There seems to be like vast, vast difference between where people have your joinings. A lot of people have them getting relegated, and some people have them sitting near the top of the table. Um, I know it's not exactly the most stable club in the world at the moment, but they have gone. They have gone full time, Callum. Um, you have them. You, you have them up near the top, Tom. You have them getting relegated. Um, yeah. Why? Why is that? Do you think it, the instability at the club is the reason for that? Yeah, that's the main reason for it. It's a strong sort of vision this year. Uh, I think our both might struggle, mm-hmm. but I, and I could, it's flip of a coin for me for those two. But I put the off the field issues. I think might just tip it over the edge for your audience. Interesting, very interesting. Um, because we, you know, as you said, Callum Scott, you're saying full time teams do well in that division, but Airdrie may put it to the test. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously Airdrie went full time last season. Uh, and they were very poor, and I know that's virtually just made me eat my words. <laughs> but traditionally, if you're full time and you're not a basket case of football club, you tend to get promoted. So, I, but let's say because I tipped Airdrie to win the league last season, and I think Lewis Kemp did as well, purely because they were full time. But it was just the mess they're in at the moment is incredible, isn't it? No. It's, I feel I feel for the fans there. I mean, it's it's not anyway to run a football club. I, I know that firsthand, but I, I think that they'll. <laughs> I don't feel them getting relegated. I think I've got them sitting in fourth. I think maybe. Um, so I, I just think that no fifth. Sorry. So I just I I can't, I can't see them getting relegated, but I don't see them. I don't see them starting their authority in the league this season just with the the mess that they're in. Definitely, definitely ones to watch next season. Um, I know, I know, I know. Surprises always crop up during the season, but uh, yeah, definitely. Russian roulette. I <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely ones to watch next year. Um, oh God, we're re- we are really being pressed for time. We should, we should move on and have a look at the top of League Two. Um, now, a lot of people fancy Peterhead to come straight back up. Uh, apart from myself and Ryan, because I think we've just gone for Clyde just for. Just for the patter, really, of them just getting, <laughs> of them getting promoted straight after the Barry Ferguson season. Um, <laughs> what what's what's everyone's kind of rationale for Peter Head getting promoted? Just two. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I know there were people on the podcast last year saying they thought Peter Head would league, win League One. Is that a case of just they don't belong that low down, or, or or what? Well, me and a friend of mine were talking. He actually texted me the other day. They are saying. Have you seen this Peterhead team and just listed out various names on it that were good enough for me to be playing comfortably in the championship in Scotland? Like guys like Willie Gibson, Dave McCracken, Paul Kearney, and as well as Rory McAllister and that being there. And Rory McAllister scores goals 
all the time anyway. Yeah. So that, 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 that for me is the main reason why I think they'll comfortably come up because he'll score goals for fun. They're too good to be in League Two for me. Um, get a good manager. Um, so now I, I just think I think that the quality of their squad is is unbelievable for a League Two team. That's that's mainly that they've got strength and depth as well. So that's what it comes down to for me. I mean, I know. Yeah. No, sorry, Tom. On you just go. Just to echo what, just to echo what you were saying. I can't. They've got a brilliant score. Got Cy Ferry as well. Uh, yep. Players, just too good for that division. Um, and they all, uh, they want Sean Dillon as well. Offered him the biggest or the best deal apparently, but Dillon want, didn't want to go uh, up north. Interesting. So Interesting. they've obviously got somewhat, somewhat of a budget. But yeah, um, and I, I suppose if we should, we should just have a look at uh, the bottom. Everyone kind of really sees. Bear, well, Berwick appears to be the main kind of consensus everyone sees of uh, occupying that uh, that playoff spot in the bottom. Yeah. Um, I think we we probably we probably should move on, boys, because we have spent Christmas so much time discussing all this. Do you want to have a look at our, our players to shine and players to fail for the season? We've all been we've all been tasked with finding three players we think are going to shine this season and three players are going to fail. Uh, Callum. Give me, give yes. me, give me, give me your three that you think are going to shine. I I have selected despite the kind of controversy at Tynecastle at the moment. I've uh, selected Kyle Lafferty. Usually I go for players that are kind of surprising, and that's my. We'll, we'll, we'll know that more with my three to fail because they're literally just lotteries, but. In my in my three to shine, I've gone for Kyle Lafferty. I think everyone knows he'll score goals and he'll be a good signing for Hearts. I've went for him. I've also went for my own Jordan Jones, who I think is a terrific talent. He's playing with so much confidence at the moment. I know we're playing against part-time sides, uh, minus Air United in the Betfred Cup, but you wanted to see him, some of the runs he was going on, he was jigging past and I'm not even joking, three, four players at a time as if they weren't there, I, I think he was absolutely terrific and I think he's got a big season in front of him, uh, if he just improves his end product slightly and then as I spoke about earlier on, Declan McDade at Air United, terrific player, was brilliant against us and he'll be key to Air United getting promotion. Tom, can you give us your, your three players to, to look out for this season? Uh, my first one I've gone for Paul McMullen I spoke about him mm-hmm. in length earlier I just love watching him and you got sort of get the impression that he just loves playing football the way he does he's always smiling with the ball it's quite refreshing watching him play football uh, I've got Scott McDonald as well not the most uh, creative this list but <laughs> I was going to put Lee Irwin here but I just think Scott McDonald will be the the 15 goal striker that we need for this season Um uh, and you just you just know what you're going to get with him. And my third one is Josh Walker from Edinburgh City. He just looks far too good for that division. And I think Edinburgh City will have a good season. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, get the playoffs. I've tipped them for third, but it's maybe a wee bit ambitious. With it. Um, Sorry, Tom. I think he could have a great season. Um, without kind of without kind of giving everyone the the uh, the ability to defend themselves, I'm going to kind of list everyone's everyone's players. Uh, for Hamish, there has three to to shine this season. He's going for Bruno Alves, Craig Tanner, and Scott Allen. Um, Johnny's gone for Ryan Christie, Simon Murray, and Billy Mackay. Uh, Ryan has gone for Christie, Cardozo, and Tom Rogic. Um, and Connor Park has gone for Ryan Christie, Nathan Austin, and Graham Dorns. I've gone for Graham Dorns as well, along with Gary Mackay, Stephen, and Effie Ambrose. 
I think the only one I'm really having to justify there is Effie Ambrose, and I can't really. I just love him. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I do think Ambrose is underrated. I think his mistakes get highlighted a lot more than when he has a fantastic game. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be good. I, I think to see him back in the Premiership, uh, doing doing his thing. But it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, now here's here's the one where everyone will just end up throwing their their phone or whatever device they're listening to this across the room when we're saying the three players we think are going to fail this season. Uh, Callum, let's start with you. Who are your three? Right. I will defend myself before I say these names in that I have deliberately went for players that almost to be different because I've went for players who I think I've got good reps about them but will will fail this season. Uh like literally no logic or anything, it's just players that I feel that they won't make step up by like people who would have called Barton last year. I mean, we looked at traffic signing for Rangers on paper, just never worked out. That's what I've kind of based these signings on. So I've went for is it would I pronounce it Dalcio or Dalcio, the Rangers boy? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, well, well, I, I, I think it's Dalcio, but Calvin Fisher's probably ranting and raving at how I'm pronouncing that it's not that bad a name to pronounce I'm just been an idiot probably so I've gone for him just purely on I think that as much as has been made there's a lot been made about Pedro Cassini signings I think actually a lot of them have been good so surely out of the bulk that he signed one or two of them aren't going to work out and for that reason I've selected him Secondly, I've went for Billy Mackay because, as we've already spoke about, Ross County will finish bottom of the league because Billy Mackay's a striker. That's just that's what happens in Scottish football. And thirdly, is one that will maybe surprise everybody is uh, Stefan Skugel, who has been oh. the most. Oh no! I I I I know that's more than MD. I th- I just there's just something inside me saying that. He's not got to be the player that everybody thinks he's got to be. I think that he's came with a great reputation, you know, played played a lot against the Sheffield United last season. Great signing on paper, but I just have a feeling that it's not got to work out. It's just pure cynicism from me, I think. I just, there's, it's literally just me drawing these names out. I've just went for people who are going to be surprising, opposed to like, the bog-standard kind of average players who probably aren't going to be good. I've went for three players who could arguably have great seasons, but I think every single one of these players are 50-50, and I've decided to, to put them down as failures, but obviously they're all listening to this, so they're all going to prove me wrong <laughs> this season, so we'll see. Tom, list us your three controversial duds this season. We'll, we'll say duds, sure, why not? My first one is Sophie Musa, because uh, Dundee needed a striker to flop every season, and it's his turn this year. <laughs> I just, I don't see him scoring a lot of goals, and I can see him getting a lot of red cards. He's quite a physical player who likes to give it back, in fairness. Him and Dernan had quite a good battle um, on Sunday, but I just, I've got a feeling that he'll get three, three red cards a season and six goals. If that goals wise, uh, my second one is Oliver Incham. Uh, uh, this is for similar reasons, worryingly similar reasons to, to last season when I said to one of my friends that uh, Mr. Dembele would flop. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously I wasn't part of the podcast back then, but uh, I did. I was c- convinced myself that uh, Mr. Dembele would be average at best, um, and I've, I think I'm probably just on the same front, Incham. 
I've seen him play and he doesn't look like he's that great. I've seen him a few times in Serie A last season and he doesn't strike me as a sort of, strike me as a sort of player that'll take the game like Armstrong or uh, dictate it like Brown. Um, my third choice is my least favourite player in the Premiership this season, Johnny Mackay, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Because obviously they're going to be relegated this season, Ross County. <laughs> Um, I've I've got Billy Mackay in the in my kind of three not to shine this season. Um, I've also got Scott McDonald. For there's something in my body that tells me this just isn't going to work out. I don't know why. Just I don't think Scott McDonald and the Championship are going to go well together. And uh, I was struggling. I was struggling for a, a final one. So um, I was just going to put. I just put Ryan Jack in there, just to just to wind up. Just to wind up Rangers fans. Obviously, I don't. I, it's an interesting one with Ryan Jack because. There were quite a lot of Aberdeen fans towards the end of last season that were like, oh, fine, you can go. I don't care. I don't care. And I don't know whether that was a kind of bitterness thing or whether they actually don't miss him or not. So it'll be, I think it'll be very interesting to see how he, how he gets on at Rangers. And, of course, here's the moment where we just throw everyone else under the bus. Uh, Hamish has gone for M- Morelios. I'm assuming that's Hi, how it's pronounced. Gary Mackay, Stephen and Gary Harkins. Uh, Johnny Clark has gone for Delcio... Morelos Morelos Chris Kane uh, um, Ryan Crombie has gone for Johnny Hayes Ryan Jack totally not better and uh, this is this is a direct quote from Ryan the Lithuanian boy Faye Hibbs <laughs> they've signed two though so what which one which one Ryan yes. which one yes. um, and Lewis Kemp actually I didn't read out Lewis's three to shine um, his three to shine Carry Arneson Rui Donaldson and David Goodwillie and his three to fail he's gone with get ready Callum Lee Irwin <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Cedric 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 Kipri I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right oh the uh... <laughs> and uh, and Ryan Jack at Rangers so three having Ryan Jack hopefully I can hopefully I can justify my choices for that um, before we finish off boys can I quickly mention sure. though, Gamba? Go Quite for funny. it. J- j- just in regards to the, the predictions, one of the most awkward moments last season was uh, we're doing ours, and obviously we- we've had a obviously Muirhead's a friend of the show, and it listens occasionally. And uh, he heard the uh, Hamish's uh, predictions last season when he tipped them to fail as well. So that was quite. <laughs> Quite an awkward moment, but I'd say I'd say Robbie had a, a a good six months last year, and obviously he just moved down south. But I I just wanted to point that out that how funny it is, and let's it's the predictions. I mean, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, as you said. People are tipping Peter Head to to win to win the League One last year and that. So it's uh, it should be funny come the end of the season. Well. If- if Robin Muirhead wants to send in his predictions for this season, we'd, we'd more than happily air them, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I suppose one of the most difficult things, I suppose, is the Cups, lads. Who do we, who do we see sweeping up the Cups this season? We'll, we'll go for all of them. Scottish Cup, League Cup, Iron Brew Cup. Who do we? Who are you seeing, Callum? Who are you seeing picking up the Cups this year? Right, well, the Scottish Cup, I have went for Rangers, <sighs> uh, which is maybe controversial. Um I've just gone for them because I believe that they have to win something. <laughs> they, they, they have to they have to have a, a season somewhere, and I think that they'll they'll put a lot into the cups this year. So, in part of the reason is I can't see Celtic doing the treble again. Well, I can see it, but 
I, I don't think it will happen. So I've gone for Rangers to win the Scottish Cup. I know this kind of looks like a daily record kind of prediction thing here. <laughs> um, uh, Betfred Cup, I've went for Celtic. I was actually going to put Kilmarnock in it just for a bit of support, and then I remembered we were playing Celtic on Tuesday. So, <laughs> so obviously, I mean, we, 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 have, we have got to be champions if we uh-huh. win on Tuesday. Yeah. If not, Celtic will go on to win the Cup, obviously, has been the best team in it. So, uh, the Iron Brew Cup, I have went for Dunfermline. Uh, Alan Johnson's previously won it with Queen of the South, and I, don't, I think that they'll have a push for promotion. Like, well, in regards to the playoffs, but they maybe will fall short. So I think that they'll that they want a wee cup run. So I can see them win the Iron Brew Cup and the Junior Cup. I've went for as I do every single year. Orkin White Talbot, who are my my well, they're not my local junior team. They're, they're the junior team I've got a soft spot for. So I went for Talbot to win the the Junior Cup. Tom, what's your kind of full list of predictions for the cups this season? Worryingly, um, me Clay Cows are. Truly identical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got Rangers to win the Scottish Cup, Celtic to win the League Cup, and Dunfermline to win the Petfern Cup. Jeez, (laughs) so there, I've just forgot that. I didn't realise how close they were. (laughs) Uh, Similar reason to uh, Carla, I think Rangers just have to win something. And I think by the time the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup are around, I think they won't be quite, they'll be distant from the title picture. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll sort of prioritise this. Not to say that they wouldn't if they were in the title picture, but I think they'll go hard to win the Scottish Cup and uh, Celtic win the League Cup, I think, just because they're the best team. Uh, Dufferman, because I'll win the Betfred in the Ivory Cup because I don't think we'll retain it. I don't think we'll take it quite as seriously this year. Um, and Dufferman have got a really good side. And I'm actually quite excited to watch them play the season. And then for the Junior Cup, I've gone for my local junior team, Tabor Thistle. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Um, oh, actually, we have fine, we have, uh, we've missed out. Uh, sorry, the Lowland and the Highland League champions. Yes, I, I've went for East Kilbride to win the Lowland League. Um, I think that's quite a popular um, selection. Uh, so I don't see any different. I think they've obviously got a very good club going in the right direction, good infrastructure and that. So I see them winning the Lowland League and I have went for Bucky Thistle to win the Highland League. Uh, just have, uh, Obviously I think they're actually a decent side in that, uh, but I've got a uh, family up that way as well. So it's a, kinda, a, a small soft spot for, for Bucky Thistle, so I'm backing them to win the Highland League. To- uh, shock has been uh, Calvo exact same <laughs> uh, I, I think this is East Kilbride's turn to go up this season and I've, for all Bucky conceded a lot of goals against uh, us in Dundee in the um, uh, League Cup I think they are quite a good side they've got the best player down there the guy Fraser who's just signed a five year contract Jeez. after um, uh, Inverness were willing to pay a fee for him um, so I, I think they, they'll win the league this year. And I think it'll be East Kilbride that'll go up. I think they'll end at the pyramid this, at the end of the season. Interesting, interesting. Now I think, I think uh, that is that is it. I should I should throw more people under the bus, shouldn't I? I'll kind of go through the I'll go through the cups. Hamish has Hamish has Celtic winning a treble again this season. So does so does Johnny Clark. Um, he has St Mirren for the Iron Brew Cup. Hamish does. Uh, Johnny has Falkirk. Uh, Ryan is going for Hibs for the Scottish Cup, as am I. I. I think this is I think this is number two this year. 
Um, hasn't has Aberdeen won in the League Cup and St Mirren won in the the Armbrook Cup, uh, and Connor Park has Celtic won in the Scottish Cup, Hibs won in the League Cup, and Falkirk winning the the Armbrook Cup. Um, well, there you go. These are our predictions for the season. Um, it'll be good to listen back at the end of the season just how horribly, horribly, horribly wrong we've got in everything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, what do we think? What do we think, boys? What is going to be the? What is the thing that's just going to not happen? Hamilton aren't getting relegated, are they? It's just not. No, no. I think <laughs> uh, we we should have learned our lessons. I think Hamish put that in the group chat earlier on, saying everyone is back to Hamilton. I mean, we say this every year. Um, so I Hamilton will be top six, comfortably top six <laughs> next season, of course. Uh, Billy McKay won't get relegated. Um, Finished top goal scorer. Yeah, top goal scorer in the league yeah. as well, of course. James uh, Keatons is going to end up playing League One next year. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and and Celtic won't win the league, yeah. so there you go. Right, okay, so these are all the stick-ons. Those are not going to happen. If you're a betting man, those are all the things that aren't going to happen this this season. <laughs> uh, right, yes, I suppose we should we should wrap it up because we've gone we've gone well over. Tom McKinnon, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure speaking to you too. And Callum Scott, the same goes to you. Yes, an absolute pleasure as as always. And it's been an absolute pleasure uh, being back on the bus ball and I'm absolutely buzzing for the football to get back underway this weekend. Um, I've been Andrew Gamba and we will speak to you later. Goodbye.